Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I am Pastor Ruth Gardner, and we are starting our Bible study on tonight. Um, we're going to have our prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. So, Elder Joy, can you start us off, please? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn of your word. Father, let this word be sealed on the tables of our heart, and let us not be uh, hearers of your word, uh, but let us be doers. Let us not be hearers only, but let us be doers of your word. Father, I pray that um, you would keep us on tonight. I pray that you would touch every last one of us. Father, I pray that you would touch the uh, speaker on tonight. Give us strength, clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Give us all clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Father, bring fresh revelation. We bind all distractions and chaos and let everything go smooth in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 So we're going to get started. We're on 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And just once again, just give a little recap of chapter 11. As we know, Paul was giving his, um, his speech, so to speak and slight rebuke to the people of Corinth in reference to his credentials and who he was and how, you know, how he came, his manner of, of approach to them. Was I not one that was trying to, you know, embezzle money from them or try to, you know, swindle anything from them. He didn't ask for anything. He came, he brought the gospel. He also uh, pointed out that the people at Corinth were like really focusing on the glamour of it and the, 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 the razzle dazzle of it, but not really getting any good uh, word, any doctrine, any sound doctrine. And, and Paul was making the point that when he came to them, he came with sound doctrine and with power and that these super apostles that were now coming up on the scene were just talking, you know, just hot air, just boasting within themselves about themselves and then you know how they see dreams and visions and things of that nature and they were like enticing and tantalizing the people of Corinth but not really giving them any sound doctrine that would that would feed their spirit man or help them on their spiritual journey so Paul was pointing all that out and and and, and as we go into chapter 12 we see that he's going a little bit further he's talking a little bit more about it so um, we're going to pick up from there does anybody have any questions or anything you want to say? Anything that remember that we talked about last week? 
that I may have missed pointing out or anything like that? Okay, great. So we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna press play and continue with our study. Two Corinthians chapter 12. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that. But I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to the other churches, except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now I am ready to visit you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you. Yet, crafty fellow that I am, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, 
I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you. And I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning of this uh, chapter, Paul goes on, like I said, he was continuing from chapter 11 where he was talking. One thing that he did point out on what he was doing in chapter 11 that I failed to point out was that he was being sarcastic in his boasting. Because one of the things that Paul had uh, was, was zoning in on was that how they were boasting within themselves. And Paul made a distinct uh, comment. He said, if anything, we should boast in anything, we should boast in the Lord, not within ourselves. So he, when he talked about boasting, he was um, being, he, was, he kept using the comment, I speak as one that is foolish. Because Paul felt that when you boast within yourself, it, it was foolish. It was, it was, it was, was, it was not necessary. It was uncalled for. So he was mocking these so-called super apostles because that's how they talk. That's the mannerism that they were coming when they were approaching the, the people at Corinth, when they were quote unquote ministering, that's all they were talking about. They were talking about themselves and how they had this and how that. Um, so Paul goes and starts at chapter 12 he talks he talks about a vision because once again the super apostles talk about how they had dreams and how they had visions so paul says well you know let me tell you a story he says since they're doing you know visions and talking about you know dreams and stuff he goes let me tell you about this vision and and he talks about that i know a man in christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. He was talking about himself, but he kept saying this man, and he talked about how God took him up into the third heaven and how he showed him these things that, you know, man, man, no man, it was unlawful for a man to utter. So that is something that none of them could ever say that happened to them. But he said, but I'm not trying to even boast in that, you know? For though I desire the glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. So basically what he's saying is like, you know, it's, it, it may sound like a boasting thing, but even with the boasting, I'm not boasting in it, but and I'm not trying to get glory within myself. But it, But one thing is that it is true. You know, and a lot of the things that the super apostles were saying were not, they were not true. They were lying about seeing visions. They were lying about having these dreams. They were false prophets, false apostles. And so the things that they were speaking were not of truth. But Paul, his visions and his encounters with God were legit. But even in that, he says, even in that, I'm not boasting in that. 
you know, I'm not boasting in that, but, it, but I know one thing it's true. It is true. I really did get caught up into the third heaven and God did show me this vision. I did have this vision, but I'm not trying to, you know, boast in it. Um, and then he goes on to say around, let's see, let's look at verse number five. I'm reading King James version right now. It says, of such one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations there was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Now, now a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this, this thorn in the flesh thing. I don't know what it is. Um, there's so many different speculations about it. Some people say that it could be a personal struggle that he's having within himself. Some people say it could be a, a, a deformity that he had or some type of, you know, body image alter, you know, looking weird looking thing that, you know, um, it could have been anything. Um, there is one comment um, that I want to read and want to share. It's taken from the Tony Evans study Bible. And it says, in this context, a thorn is something or someone that painfully nags or irritates one's humanity on a continuous basis. Many interpreters have speculated about what Paul's particular thorn might be, that we're left to guess at exactly what it was, what it was, get, mm. <laughs> that we're left to guess at exactly what it was, gives us the freedom to apply any of our thorns to this passage. But Paul tells us several things about this. First, it was clearly painful. It brought him torment. Second, though God was the ultimate source of the thorn, Satan served as the delivery system. As in Job's experience, God allowed Satan to bring suffering into Paul's life. But unlike Satan, God had good purposes in mind. Third, God's intention was that Paul not exalt himself as a result of his astonishing experiences. The Lord wanted to keep Paul humble because removing his self-sufficiency would eliminate any stubborn pride, make him more useful, cause him to bear more fruit in ministry and bring him more glory to God. So the purpose of the thorn what we need to look at here so if god gives you a thorn in the flesh you can't be certain that it's for your good and because he loves you such a thing is intended to unveil anything in your life an actual or potential sin that is not in sync with god's kingdom agenda your self-sufficient attitude stands in his way he wants you to see him as your all-sufficient God. Thus, sometimes God acts like a recycling plant in our lives. He breaks us down 
so that he can reuse us and increase our anointing. Oh my God. That's a praise break right there. I don't know about y'all, but I hear God. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. He wants us to remember who he is in our lives. We can get to a certain point. We're walking with God and we're so strengthened by him. We're strengthened by his word. We have our faith takes us to another level and we can fall into that self-sufficient attitude. But God wants us to remember that he is our all-sufficient God. He wants us not to forget from where our blessings come from. He wants us not to lose focus. Yeah, you're, 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 you are, you're growing in God. Yes, you've got a deeper revelation of God. And yes, you know, your ministry, you know, you're, you're becoming more effective in the things of God. And yes, God is using you in a powerful way, but... Here comes the thorn to remind you that it ain't you. Amen. It ain't you. You know? And then we see how Paul was driven to prayer. He prayed prayed and sought the Lord because of this thorn, because of what was going on in his life, whether it was an infirmity, whether it was a struggle, whatever it was, that thorn was, it caused him to call on God even the more. And the thing about it is that Paul realizes that it's, it's, for my, it's for my good. Sometimes there's things in our life that go on, things that happen in our life, it's for our good. We don't understand it. First question that comes out of our mouth is, why? Why me? Why not you? You said, God, use me for your glory. And you said yes to God. And, you know, <clears throat> you asked God, get the glory out of my life, Lord. He says, okay, I'm going to give you a thorn. Oh, God. <sighs> Jesus. I need you, Lord. <laughs> take this thing away Lord take it from it take it from it Jesus he like nope <laughs> I put it there I put it there for a reason and I'm not taking it away 
excuse me. So Paul realized it and he said, you know what? This is this is sin from the devil himself to buffet me. Lest I should exalt above measure. See, God, God, because of God, because of Paul's greatness, let me tell you how God understands us and knows us so well. Because of Paul's greatness, because of Paul uh being used in such a in such a it's how can I play it a, a a great way because of Paul being used in such a great manner and such a great capacity he knew the enemy could come in and cause Paul to stumble so before he allowed the enemy to come in and and cause Paul to stumble he allowed the enemy to come and buffet him. What does it mean to buffet? Let's look up that word. Let's see. Buffet. Buffet. What that's. Uh, it's, in, it's in Matthew. It's also mentioned in Matthew 26 and 67 when they were um when they were when they were beating and flogging um Jesus the word buffet is used in that text as well let me see buffet buffet i'm trying to see if i can find it okay when it's okay buffet a blow especially with the hand or something that strikes with telling force Um, to drive, force, move, or attack. So, buffeting is like um, pretty much you, you're you're being inflicted. You're being you're being um, stricken with something, or you're you're being um, attacked. Pretty much. Let's see what else it says. I was thinking kind of like almost like tormented, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, okay. Merriam Webster says to strike sharply, especially with a hand, uh -huh. to strike repeatedly, or to uh -huh. batter. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering whether he was just so, being tormented by demons. So I would say to strike repeatedly is a repeated attack. Like he's repeatedly being attacked by something. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I wonder if, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it doesn't say, it just says it was just something that the Satan buffeted. So. Yeah. Smote with the palms of their hands. See, that's kind of where, you know, I'm kind of of the the 
I'm one of the people that think that it, yeah, I believe that when he said that there was a thorn in his side to buffet him, it's because he lived such an upright life and lived so good, but there was always some sort of temptation in his life, in my opinion. And yeah. that temptation was something that he always had to fight against. I know there's different people that believe different things, but I think that's what it is. And I think the reason why it doesn't say what it was is because it's irrelevant because your struggles are not my struggles are not joyous struggles are not anybody who's listening this to this is struggles. All of our right. struggles are different. So it's a personal thing. Right. That's why in, in the comment that uh, Dr. Tony Evans, because I'm looking at his study Bible comment. And that's what he, that's what he said. He said um, that we were left to guess at exactly what it was gives us the freedom to apply any of our thorns, quote unquote, to this passage. Mm -hmm. So it's something that, you know, we could look at a messenger of Satan that did nag him, just constantly, you know, tempt him, like you said, um, comes constantly keeps him in a state of humility. Because of the fact that he know that if he falls, that he gives into it, he would um, be found. Yeah. And see, that's the thing like about so that he's not exalted above measure is because he always has that thing reminded him that I'm not perfect. I'm no better than anybody else. I have this thing that I'm struggling with daily. I am no better. Therefore, he's not exalted above measure. Mm hmm. Very good. Jerry, what do you think? I agree. I mean, I, I think at the base that, you know, that's most most likely what it is. But, you know, once again, everybody has their own interpretation because it's not really clear. But I'm I'm leaning into, you know, the constant attacks from from, you know, from the enemy. I mean, I, when I think about it naturally, a lot of people um, who are at certain levels with the Lord, like higher higher levels with God, sometimes they are attacked. They are, you know, they get attacked sometimes by the enemy. So um, it makes sense. It makes sense. I know what I'm feeling like. I'm feeling very thorny myself, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I think after this whole week, <laughs> I think we all feel that way. <laughs> oh, we all a bit thorny right now. Oh yeah, I'm a bit thorny. Yeah, I got. So I think I was pushed. I was, <laughs> I was tripped. I think the devil came behind me and pushed me in my back and knocked me down. But yeah, um, this week has definitely been a trying week. Definitely trying. I know. Yeah, because who tell? Yeah. So, um, so let's move on. So Paul talks about, you know, his revelations and how he could be just like, and seeing all this was, was Paul was saying to say that, you know, if I could boast like these, like these jokers boasting, I could, I got some stories to tell you. If, you know, I got some stories to tell you about encounters, genuine encounters with God. 
genuine, genuine, yeah, genuine encounters with God that that will that will really blow your mind. But I don't want to talk about it. And I think that you know, even with that, you know, um, being tempted to like something you said, uh, Pastor John, about how how his 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 record how his record is really good. And I'm not saying that it's spotless, but it's very good. He's walking, he's devoted, you know, he's, he's doing all he can to walk upright. And it's amazing how he talks about how they're, these super apostles are up here saying all these things, saying all this about how such and such, such and such, but yet he goes to say to share, but he comes with this, with this, with this passage about, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan above me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So Paul, to me right there, it's like he's saying, I got a little issue or struggle because I, because if I go there, like these super apostles, I, I would be exalted above measure. I don't want to be exalted. It comes to buffet me because if I get too big-headed, here comes the spirit of pride. So me, this is just me. Yeah. My opinion by reading this and looking at this, I think that was the, the issue that he, that the messenger said or whatever his struggle, his thorn, quote unquote, was pride. Could be. I've heard that because um, he because when you look at it, because he's talking about how they were boasting in themselves, and then he goes, "Well, I can boast too, but, but I choose not to." But see, here's the thing: the people that call them super apostles, I think I liken that to the people today that are kind of like holier than thou that act like they ain't never sinned in their lives. Self righteous. Self righteous, where. Paul is not coming in a self-righteous manner. He's just righteous. Right. But this thorn, this issue that I think he recognizes is yeah. a spirit of pride, which is a spirit of Leviathan. And now here's a, the interesting thing. So whatever that thorn is, it doesn't say that he ever sent a sir came to it. It was just there to buffet him. Right, right. To always remind him that, you know, don't don't fall into that mode. Mm -hmm. Don't follow. Don't follow in their footsteps. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so he talks about that, and then he goes on a little bit further, and then he talks about how he takes pleasure in his infirmities, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses. He takes, um pleasure in it now this is where a lot of older saints um had that mentality of, of being poor like how can i put this um I'm trying to say it in such a way so that I won't say it wrong. That they feel that it's it's okay to be 
you know, a base, like to walk around. I don't know, they have this, like this defeated, it's not like defeated, but never mind. I, I can't describe what I'm trying to say. I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't put it in words. It'll come to me. So let's go, let's scratch that. And he goes, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. They feel that this is how it's always supposed to be. That they make it, they make salvation out to be this life of just this. That you'll never have um, a mountain a mountain, a mountaintop experience. Like it's always going to be infirmities, reproaches, persecution. Like you're never going to be able to enjoy this is your life. And that some people feel like, you know, saints of the old felt that way and they lived a life like, you know. Like a Debbie Downer. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? I understand what I'm trying to say. Or do I need to go? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? It's like they have this mentality that the life of a Christian is this life of, of being, like it's poverty, lacking, you know, persecution all the time, going through all the time, you know, and you know, and you hear it in some of the testimonies, oh, the devil been on my track, oh, the devil been, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's always something negative. It's never, I, I got the victory or the Lord. Right, there you go. Yeah, so they... Them, those, you know, I'm just, I'm going through this and I'm going yeah, through that. Right. And then they finish it off with, but nevertheless, you know, I'm I'm coming out. They just end the testimony on just, y'all just pray for me. <laughs> pray for my strength. Yeah. Pray for my strength in the Lord. And and then, and you know, and then they used to, child, there was that song, I'm climbing up on the rough side. They used to sing this song. Like they're climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. And I'm doing my best to make it in. It was like that kind of like, that kind of depressing, like there was no, where is the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, there was no song about that. It was just going through hardship, persecution. And it was like, that was the, that was the thing. Now, yeah. Now, I know the Bible says those who are in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yes, we're going to go through, but let's let's fix our minds, though. I mean, do we have to be like a Debbie Downer, you know? You know, like just in this, this depressed state of mind? Because that's, that's, that's kind of like how a lot of the older saints used to live. And I remember that. And I'm like, I don't, you know, like, when I, was, I don't want to be saved. It's like, you know, it's, I don't, don't want to be happy. I want to laugh. I mean, it's just so stoic and, you know, just, it was just kind of like dreary. But, you know, but he, 
Paul realizes that he's going through all these things, but he takes pleasure in it. Like he's not letting this take him to a place of depression. Whereas compared to what I'm saying with the saints of old, they will go to a place of depression with this and while like, like play the victim woes me, you know, type of attitude. Paul ain't saying that here. Paul's like, you know, I'm going through. I wanted him to take this thing from me, but he told me my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He said, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's okay, fine. I'm going to go through something. Let God's glory rest on me. You know, he, he saw, he saw, he took that negative and made it positive. And that's the difference. That's the difference. And that's the attitude that we as spirit-filled believers, when we go through, yeah, we're going to go through, we're going to have some issues. We're going to have thorns. We're going to have all kinds of thorns, daggers, knives, all, all them sharp instruments is going to come at us. But we ain't got to sit up here and be sitting in the corner to my, oh, my back. Somebody stabbed me in my back. I got a thorn in my knee. And, you know, I, no, no. You know, let's take joy in this. Be happy. Okay. Somebody threw a, thorn, a, a knife in my back. Uh-oh. God about to get glory out of this. Let me see if I can reach right here and pull it out, though, because it hurt. But, but God go get the glory. God go get the glory out of this. You know, it's it's like it's like the mindset. The mind has. We have to look at it. We have to view it differently. Instead of seeing it um, half empty, see it as half full. Am I making sense? Absolutely. Okay. So you yeah, know, go ahead. You know, talking about like you know having the uh, always me and stuff like that. You know. And uh, I believe it's Isaiah, you know, he says, set your faces flint. It's kind of like one of those, don't let your enemies see you sweat, you know, right. always, always maintain a godlike countenance, you know, uh, nice. maintain a posture of gratitude and joy. You know, like, mm -hmm. like they say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Exactly. Good. Very good. That's it right there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So joy in this thing. Don't let this. Yes, it can be overwhelming, but and and yes, you 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 may have a moment where you feel down. You may have a moment where you know it may talk, knock you blindside you, knock you off your horse for a minute. But get up and get back on your horse. Shake it off. Don't stay there because when you stay there, that's where the spirit of depression comes, oppression comes. You got all these other spirits that are coming at you, trying to keep you bound. And we don't want to be bound by this thing. Yes, we know we're going to, it's going to happen. We're going to have our moments. We'll have our mountaintop experiences. Yeah, we're going to have our valley experiences, but don't mm -hmm. stay in the valley. Don't stay there and die. And that's what some of the things that I was seeing is coming up as a young girl. It was like, they were always sad. Like, why are you so, why are you so sad? Like, what's, <laughs> you got Jesus. You talk about how great this God is, but yet you're depressed. Come on now. Look at what this very same writer wrote before. I have learned to abase. I have learned to abound. I have been with much. I have been with little. Come on. But in all things, I have learned to be content, content. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You better preach, sir. <laughs> that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Paul, Paul understood 
You know how uh, uh, Apostle Ken says, say, I understand. Paul <laughs> understood. He understood what's going on. And, and then here's another thing, too. Now, I'm just, you know, I'm just being, you know, I'm just looking at this. Now, this is me. All right. I'm not saying this is any type of theological thing. But verse number 11 says, I am become a fool in glory, yet have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. This chief apostle thing. <laughs> now, in, in NIV version, they say it's uh, you know where I'm going, uh, John, Pastor John. <laughs> it says super apostles, but in the King James version, it says chiefest chief apostles. So I'm just asking. I want no smoke from nobody. <laughs> no smoke. Is there such a thing as a really? Is there really such a thing as a chief apostle? Because NIV talks about them as super apostles. But here we have it in, in the King James, he referred to as chief apostles. Chiefest apostles. Just a thought. Anyway, moving on. Um, so he says, truly the signs that are possible wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Uh, then he has something else I wanted to point out. Uh, yes, then he goes down to say um, around... He talks about how he wasn't a burden. He says, um, I was not a burden. I didn't try to be burdensome for I seek not yours. I'm in verse number 14, but you for the children are not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. What he was saying in that con in that in that sense is that him being like their their parent because he was feeding them, he was supporting them, he was taking care of them. So he didn't want them to be taking care of him. He, in terms, is laying up for them. So he was talking like a parent-to-child uh, analogy. Um, and I will very gladly spin and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. But be it so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? Like, did we did we take advantage of you? Did we did we swindle you? Did we do any trickery with you? That's what he said. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. 
Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? He was like, okay, so, you know, so we didn't, we were not coming. Once again, we're not coming to be a burden to you. We didn't come being a burden. We didn't come asking you to support us. We came because we wanted to just give you salvation. We wanted to lay up gifts. We wanted to lay up treasures for you. The, the treasures and the nuggets of the word and God and understanding the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We were just coming and bringing the word. We weren't trying to be a burdensome to you. Even when Titus came, did he not, did we, wasn't he talking the same language? He was doing the same thing. He didn't do anything contrary to what I said or did. He didn't try to take advantage of you when he came. He was doing the same thing I did. So, you know, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what do you, do you think we were like, do you think this? I mean, we, we, did we not come in the same spirit? Did we not speak the same thing? Did we not talk about the same thing? And is it, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. We haven't come in there to, um, we weren't trying, we're not trying to defend ourselves. We're just trying to, Thing, we're trying to edify you. That's what we're coming. We're coming. We're not coming. We're not trying to defend ourselves. Okay. Yeah, they're saying all that stuff. They're saying all that stuff about us. You know, saying all stuff about me. They questioning whether I'm of God and this, that, and the other. Said, but I'm not coming here to defend you. We were coming to edify you. You know, we're not. I hope you haven't been thinking all this long time that we just trying to defend ourselves or whatever we 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 beyond that we ain't thinking about them we ain't studying them super apostles we still want to make sure you are still being fed in the lord you know we're not trying to defend who we are we're just concerned that you're eating rotten meat you're not eating good food you're not eating you're not eating right you know that's why he said um in verse number 20, ending up the scripture, ending up this book, he says, for I fear lest when I come, I should not find such as I would and that I should be found unto you such as you would not. Like, I'm, I'm afraid to come now because I'm afraid that, you know, they don't got y'all all round up, done, done, set back, put y'all right back at the very beginning. So I now I gotta go right back from the very beginning and y'all right at, at start again. Y'all made, y'all got Christ in you. You got, you, you felt the power of God move in your lives. Y'all made, made tremendous strides in your walk and you turned from your wicked ways. And then here come these super apostles and they don't tripped you all up. And now I'm afraid when I get there, I'm going to be back to square one. Debates, envying, wrath, stripes, backbiting, whispering, swelling, tumults. Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you that I shall not bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lavishness which they have committed. So he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to come back there and find y'all back at the very beginning. And then he said, I'm, I'm fear that, um, that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and the in which 
they have been indulged. So, you know, he said, I'm afraid to come back and y'all going to be back in your sinful states. All this stuff going to be going on, rash strifes, all this uncleanness, viciousness, all this stuff is going to be going on when I get there. And I'm hoping that that's not the case. But we're not, you know, so he, so he ends the letter saying, I'm not trying to defend anything that we're doing. We just want to make sure you guys are still on the right path and y'all walking this straight and narrow because I'm afraid that when I come back there, I'm going to find y'all back at square one. Y'all be doing the same stuff y'all got delivered from me. The worst. And I'm going to be grieved because all that work you guys did and, and how God came in and, and cleaned y'all up and y'all allowed these super apostles come in and turn y'all from God. They turned y'all out. They perverted. They perverted your minds. So here in the study for chapter 12, anybody got any comments or anything you want to add to? Or any questions? No? We're good? <laughs> All I see is John. John Avatar batting his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is he going to say something? No, I'm good. <laughs> No, I'm good. <laughs> oh my stomach just looking at this thing he's just batting his eyes looking okay so with all that being said go ahead pastor avatar john you like my avatar <laughs> go ahead and dismiss us please oh god Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this lesson today. God, we thank you for meeting us here, God, and allowing us to take the time to learn of you, to speak of you, God. God, we pray, God, for the teacher on today, God, that you give her strength, God. Continue to speak to her. Continue to give her fresh wisdom that she can pour out unto us, God. God, we pray, God, for the ministry, God, that, that you would... Uh, give us ground to start growing, God. It, you know, broaden our borders, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray, God, that you would you know, bring people in, people bring in workers, bring in just, we just want people to be saved, God, in the name of Amen. Jesus. We, we pray, God, that, that your word just reaches people and reaches the heart of people wherever they are, God. We just want to want to be vessels of you to be able to draw people unto you. And yeah. God, we thank you, God, for counting us worthy to be able to bring forth your word and to be able to be used as your vessels. And God, we pray that you just continue to get the praise, the glory, and the honor out of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.